You're listening to Maternal Monitor. Here's your host, Jamin Wilson. Hi, you guys. Welcome to Maternal Monitor, where we talk about the many stages of motherhood. This week, we have a very special guest who I love so much, my mom. My mom had a very high-risk pregnancy with her last child as she was 40 years old when she delivered my baby sister. Not only that, but she was diagnosed with gestational diabetes and had an emergency C-section where she almost lost her life. She's going to tell us the difference between being pregnant at 20 versus being pregnant at 40. She has a lot of advice for older women during pregnancies. So at 38 years old, I uh, went to my physician and had him check my blood because I felt different. And he came back and let me know that I was postmenopausal at 38. I wasn't premenopause. I had gone to postmenopause at 38 years old. And I, I asked him, I said, what does that mean? And he said to me, basically, it means inside your body, you've, you're like 68 years old. I remember him saying that. Yeah. So basically at 38, I was about 68. Um, So um, there's that. So you had already gone through menopause, just you didn't really know it? I didn't even know it. That was 38. Mm -hmm. So when, upon hearing that, I thought, okay, we've got six beautiful children. Um, I can't remember when this was. I think Brandon was in college and Jossie was a senior, if I remember right. So my children are old, they're teenagers, um, and I remember um, Dad and I going, the DI bin being at the stake center, and Dad and I loading up all of our baby gear into the DI trailer, and I remember um, Candace, I, I don't know if you remember Candace, but she watched us and she said to us, you know what happens whenever you give your baby things away? And I remember your dad saying, oh, that's not going to happen. It medically cannot happen. We just kind of laughed and and drove away. And I will admit to you that it was a hard thing to do. It was a hard thing for me to pack up, to pack up those beautiful items that I had, you know, the crib that all six of you had um, used and that I had bought decades ago in Sacramento. Um, when I was first pregnant with Brandon, just letting go of those things was, um, it, it tugs at the heartstrings. So did you want more or you just kind of I accepted did. the fact that it was? I did. Dad felt like six is a nice even number and, and we're just going to call it good. But there was, there were nights when I was restless and couldn't go to sleep and I would get up and go look sit down in the living room and there was that big family photo of all of us at the beach and I remember the Holy Ghost telling me there's somebody missing and I could see the gap there really was a gap somebody is missing somebody's supposed to be standing right in front right there and somebody's missing but thinking well it's medically impossible um, so fast forward two years I'm now 40 and I'm feeling tired and um, wondering why I'm feeling tired and I'm going running I ran every morning and I'm out running and I'm thinking man I I am losing time I'm not I I mean I'm gaining time I'm not losing time and then I remember looking down at my tummy and thinking this looks like a kind of a fluffy tummy (laughs) so I went home 
And I thought, okay, I'm tired. I'm a little fluffy. What could this be? And so I called my doctor, and he said, well, why don't you come in right now for, um, for an ultrasound um, and just and just kind of see what, what's going on because at this point, and I was worried maybe that there was a tumor growing. So is said, this okay. the same doctor who said you were postmenopausal? Yes. He said, come on in. Let's just see because you don't want something growing. Nope, that's going right. to potentially be harmful. And so he worked me in. I came in, and he's performing the ultrasound, and it's quiet. Dr. Kubinek is normally very chatty. Um, his nurse and I were good friends after going through children together, mm-hmm. and so usually she's chatting, and she's looking at the ultrasound, and she's quiet. And it's odd to me how quiet they are. And, and I remember him saying to the nurse, when was the last time we saw her? She opens up the file, tells him when the last time he sees me. And by now I'm thinking, oh, no. I am dying, and I'm going to be leaving six kids mm-hmm. all by themselves. And I'm thinking the worst. And so finally, I said, "What is what is going on?" And he printed up a picture from the ultrasound, and I'm laying on my back on the table. And he says, "Does this look familiar to you?" And I take I take it, and I'm laying down, and there is a picture of a little face, two eyes, a nose, <laughs> and a mouth. And I said, that is a baby. That's a baby. And I said, how is there a baby? How is there a baby? And I remember saying, I'm old. I've got a son in college, a a daughter that's going to go to college. How am I having a baby? He said to me, he said this phrase, medically, I cannot explain this pregnancy. I cannot explain this medically. And I said, how can you even tell how far along I am? Uh And he said, I'm measuring right now, and you are almost five months. I I remember the whole office when I went up to reception. um, Again, I I had a relationship with these folks that had been giving me, you know, taking care of me for several years. And so I remember Heidi, the front office, she said, are you going to be okay? I said, yeah, I'm going to be I'm going to be fine. I'm old. I can't believe, you know, that after having six children, I didn't see the signs. But when mm-hmm. you're told you're done, you kind of you feel like, okay. And then I needed to tell your dad. That would call Dr. Kubinek that instant and said, you told us that she was postmenopausal and we couldn't have a baby. And Dr. Kubinek, bless him, said, Larry, I have spent the day going through the labs again and again, and I gathered together all the other um, OBs in the clinic, and he, he said, I just left a meeting that has about 70 years' experience between all of the OBs in this clinic, between us, mm-hmm. and again, medically, we cannot explain this, present, this pregnancy. The labs, we went through three times. Um, that that um, diagnosed me or, or deemed me postmenopausal. We went through those three times. We cannot medically. We have never, in our combined 70 years experience, have never come across a pregnancy like this. Put the family together, and I said, you know, there there was my tummy was getting a little bit more poofy, and Jocelyn broke in and said, "Are you dying of cancer?" And I said, "No, quite the opposite. We are going to have a baby." And they were all. 
they were all thrilled, bless their hearts, um, a month later with gestational diabetes. And this doctor said, I'm just going to put you on insulin. And I said, why? And he said, because there's no way you'll be able to control this diabetes, as old as you are, thank you, uh, on your own. And so if anybody tells me I can't do something, I'm going to try. So Mm -hmm. I said, at least let me try to control it with diet and exercise. He said, you are, you have to understand that because of your age, this is a high-risk pregnancy, and so we have to take care of of baby and be concerned of the health for baby. Give me a week, let me try. Mm -hmm. And he said, okay, but you're going to need to exercise every night. And I'm thinking, how does a 40-year-old exercise? And he said, you're going to need to swim. And and I tread water Mm -hmm. for a good 20, 30 minutes, and I ate like a rabbit. I diligently checked my blood every two hours. Everywhere I went, Mm -hmm. I had the um, little finger pricker in the car with me, in my purse. I monitored uh, because I wanted wanted to do my part and have a healthy baby. And sure enough, I proved that doctor wrong, and I never had to go on insulin. Mm -hmm. Um, Being pregnant at 40 was different, significantly different for me than being pregnant in my 30s or my 20s. I was tired um, having teenagers and and growing a baby. It was just, it was significantly different for me. So because I was a high-risk pregnancy, I was able to get several. I think there were about five ultrasounds. And um, sure enough, those ultrasounds showed that this baby was a boy. Because um, I do not go into labor by myself, we picked a date when it would be okay for the doctor and for our family to bring this baby into the world. We thought um, January 13th would be a great day. The night before, we had a baby shower, and all boy things were given at the baby shower. We had the name picked out, um, and so we go to the hospital. So they hook me up to Pitocin, and, um, and it's time to check and see how the progress of the Pitocin is going. Kubinek checks me and he said, I feel a foot. He said, the baby has moved. Because remember, I was taking stress tests and everything, so just in a matter of days, baby was breached. I said, okay, what are our options? Because here we are laboring hooked up to this Pitocin. I'm having contractions. He said, you have two options. We can go in for a C-section right now or we can turn the baby. I said, what's the risk of turning the baby? The, mm-hmm. the risk of turning the baby is the placenta will be, could be ripped from the uterine wall, could hemorrhage out. And I said, and you know, I, I think it was dad that said, have you ever turned a baby before? And Dr. Kubinek said, yes, I have. And so we decided that it wouldn't be a good thing to come home at, I think I might've been 41, trying to recover from a C-section right. with six older children. So we opted for the try to turn the baby. That was not a pleasant experience, Jay. I, I think of myself as a pretty strong, durable, hardy woman, but turning a baby, I didn't look at what was going on, but I remember your dad asking Dr. Kubinek, were you a wrestler? And Dr. Kubinek saying yes. And when Dr. Kubinek was done, he was sweating. It was physically hard and it hurt. So baby's moved. I'm still hooked up to the monitors. All is well. Doctor leaves. Nurse comes in to check on me, and she sees that um, baby's in duress. She sees the heartbeat. She runs out to get the doctor. Doctor Mm -hmm. comes running in. He said, the placenta has ripped from the uterine wall. 
you're bleeding out, and baby, um, we've got to get you into um, the operating room now. Okay. So we, what we feared was going to happen is happening, and we are moving you now. And he told, Larry said, I want to go, Dad said, I want to go in, I want to go in. Mm-hmm. And he said, then you have got to change into scrubs now. Yeah. Now. We're starting without you. We're not going to wait for you. Time is of the essence. I was getting ready to have an epidural put oh. in, um, but because I wanted the labor to go quickly mm-hmm. I, with the pit, they just, they ju- I just had the pit, the Pitocin in. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the epidural in. And so we get in the operating room and they're putting up the divider so I can't see. And the, the nurse, the sweetest nurse that had been with me for all those stress tests was in the operating room. She was the operating room nurse. Mm. And she said, we're going to have to tie your arms down. And I said, I won't move. Please don't tie my arms down. I don't like being tied. And she said, we have to tie your arms down. She said, this was a, it was a Seventh-day Adventist hospital. And she said, just think of our Savior on the cross and you can do this. And I thought, okay. With that, and Mm -hmm. I remember your dad coming in with the scrubs, and I said to Dr. Kubinek, if it is a choice between saving me or the baby, I want you to save the baby. And your dad broke in and said, you, he came, he said, no, I disagree, you're saving her, talking to Dr. Kubinek Mm -hmm. over me. And I looked at your dad and said, no, I want you to save the baby. And he bent down by my head, and he said, you are not leaving me alone. Then I've got the, um, the anesthesiologist runs in, and he stands at my head, and he says, I am so sorry, Carrie, I am so sorry, but I am not going to be able to give you, um, to give you an epidural. This is all. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I said, it's okay. It's okay. I, and I said, I won't scream. I won't yell. And, and then he was quiet for a minute. It's just still, he said, do you want me to stay with you? And I said, yes, if you could just stay right here by me, he's behind my head. And so he said, he was quiet for a minute, he goes, are you the type of person that likes to hear a play-by-play what's going on, or do you want me to distract you and talk about other things? And I said, I would like a play-by-play. I said, I said they, have they started yet? And he said, oh, no, it's going to take, take some time. And so um, when they opened me up, I could, I could remember my body moving. Um, you know, your right. body moves when you're being opened up. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I remember the taste of pain. It's like copper in my mouth. I remember my body shaking, going into shock. But I didn't yell. I didn't scream. I, was, I just wanted baby to be safe. So baby comes out, and the first thing, the doctor says is it's a girl and I looked at your dad and I I remember saying is she okay is she okay and they whisked her away because she had been under stress so they whisked her to the far corner Mm -hmm. of the operating room and there's your dad he walks backwards and leans up against the counter and he's shocked he's speechless and then he says it's a girl and Dr. Kubinick said, yes, it's a girl. And now Dr. Kubinick's working on me. He's mm-hmm. sewing me up as quickly as he can. Yes, it's a girl. And again, I'm saying, is she okay? Is she okay? Nobody's answering me. And um, then your dad comes over and bends over and says, did you hear that? It's a girl. And by now I've got little tears coming down. And I, I, said, I said, that's okay, 
that's okay. And he said, well, of course it's okay, but it's a girl. And Mm -hmm. so it's time to go back for the five-week checkup. Dad's driving me. I go in the office, and when I walk in, there is a hush. Nobody's answering the phone. The office desk, the three women standing there, nobody's saying a thing. The nurses aren't saying a thing. They take me back to um, to the room to check on baby. Nobody's saying a thing. And I said to Dad, I said, did you notice So I finally said to the nurse, I said, uh, why is everybody so quiet? And she said, she said, Carrie, you're a legend. <laughs> what? And she goes, we all know that you didn't even yell you had or scream when you had this baby. And I said, well, no, I was just worried about baby. She goes, you're a legend. I can't believe you didn't even yell. Um, and dad wanted to name her Brooke. The boys wanted to name her Camry because they thought it was hot. And I started going back to when I, once upon a time, what was the name that I used to always like? And it was Elise. So a dad came back the next morning and said, we're going to name her Brooke. And I said, no, I, I think we're going to name her Elise. And he said, no, we're going to name her Brooke. And I said, with this one, I'm putting my foot down. I'm going to name her Elise. He was holding her, and he said, you've never said that to me before. You've never. I said, I know, but I want to name her Elise. And he said, okay, what about a middle name? And I thought it through, Emerson. And he said, okay. And he, because I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, the birth certificate, I couldn't hold a pen. I was in so much pain. He filled out her name and spelled it incorrectly, Emerson, with two M's instead of one. And he told me, I said, that's not the right way to spell it. And he said, oh, I'll fix it another day. But he never has, and I think I'm just going to keep it. And I'll tell you, if you want to know the difference between having a baby at 40 versus having a baby when you don't think you're going to have a baby and you've kind of put that season behind and being blessed with that season returning in your life, I broke all the rules that we ever had as a couple. Like before, we always put the babies in a different room in the bassinet so that they could learn to kind of self-soothe, to cry just a little bit before and and get hungry before I picked them up and brought them into my bed. I, I put Elise on my chest and slept mm-hmm. every night with her on my chest. And your dad would come in and he would say, uh, you're breaking the rules. <laughs> and I'd say, yep, I know she's only going to sleep like this for just a few you know, not very long, and then she's going to walk away from me and walk out my door. And I guess that's the biggest blessing of having a baby when you're older is you recognize and you know for yourself that this, that to enjoy the moments, to not think, okay, when they're, when they're two, they're going to be walking. When they're three, they're going to be this. When they're four, but just to enjoy and not look to the future, but just enjoy the moment. And so that's what I did. My advice for the women who are pregnant at my age is it's going to be a different pregnancy, far different than what you've experienced before. Nap longer than you ever. Just lower the bar. <laughs> Eat off of paper plates. It'll be just fine at dinner time. Um, if your house isn't as clean as it normally is, it's going to be just fine. And to enjoy this last great blessing and this last opportunity to bring this beautiful child into your family. For those that find out they're pregnant and they didn't expect to be, there's a reason. 
there's a reason, and we don't know what it is, but look at it as a blessing and a tender mercy instead of cramping your style or interfering with what you had planned. Recognize who's in charge and that this this will be a great a great blessing in your life. You've been listening to Maternal Monitor. Find more episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you can find podcasts. I'm your host, Jamin Wilson, and thanks for listening.